This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. seen a remake that you liked better than the original yes well okay let me be fair here I haven't seen the original I just know that I like the remake of the thing better than the 1950s version of the thing I just know it (laughs) oh sure (laughs) but the remake of that remake or I guess the continuation of that remake I hated but that's the one example I can think of that probably isn't even fair to call out I know that this is super controversial. I loved the remake of Suspiria. Um, oh, okay. The, I thought you were going to say this. Oh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I really like the Argento 1977 version for like the emotional experience that it puts you through. And it's so like stylistic and like very much like a classic, but I feel like the remake of Suspiria had a more cohesive plot structure than the original. I think I presume that I would like the thing better than the original because probably the special effects were mm-hmm. just insane, right? These <laughs> yeah. these old and these old 50s movies are just silly looking to me. It's usually like some guy in a spacesuit or something and that's the monster and I I just can't buy it. I know like there's something to be said about using one's imagination or you know the fear of just the suspense but then when you see somebody in a goofy costume it really ruins it for me so yeah I think that's what I really enjoyed about the thing remake it was just visually delicious and gross it was just fun I feel like when you're remaking a movie there should be a good reason to remake it right like that the core idea is really strong but that there's an opportunity to like update it to modern times or sometimes it's just a cash grab like I feel like so many of these Disney remakes like the live action Disney remakes don't really feel like they're in the spirit of updating the story they're just kind of like let's use this new technology and then also get a new generation hooked on these stories yeah with new actors yeah, which is why I really don't like them. I have yet to see a Disney remake that I enjoy watching. I I really tried with The Lion King because that is my favorite Disney movie, and it was okay, but it was it just felt it just felt unnecessary. Like we we don't need this. And I kind of feel like that about this Child's Play remake. Really, I had no idea you were going there with this comment. I I did not expect to become a Chucky fan this season, but it turns out that when I was watching the Child's Play remake, I was so offended to my core by so many of the choices that they made that I was like, oh, this must mean that I'm a fan of the original. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have turned Kate. Kate loves Chucky now. She's into the doll. and. This remake did not live up to her standards or expectations. It also 
was totally off from your prediction. It wasn't a straight remake. It wasn't a straight remake. It was a modern update to the story using the same character names, but it was not a one-for-one. We didn't have our Aunt Maggie. There was no Charles Lee Ray serial killer voodoo soul transference. And as much as I complained about how bonkers like the plotting is in in the original series i feel like it's um to be punny kind of soulless how they updated it he even looks soulless i mean he he's got these like dead doll eyes he isn't really emotional the same way chucky is emotional yeah i mean this this doll is is called chucky but it's not chucky it doesn't have the spirit of Chucky it's like literally and figuratively in this movie right I it's a robot right I think that there is some interesting commentary with the way that they took the direction of this one but it feels like a movie for people who maybe just have a gist of what the originals are about but maybe never actually saw them yeah I'm trying to understand who this was made for like who cares who cares about getting a new Chucky these days? You know, if, I don't know. If I was a teenager when this came out, I would definitely have gone to see it. Like I, I do think sure. I do think that um, you know, they cast Aubrey Plaza in it. They've got some like known known people in this movie. I feel and like and then the way that it was structured too, it had some some things that felt felt very um modern, like in terms of having a group of kids. Yeah. In pop culture, we've got like Stranger Things is like popular again. And it kind of felt like it was trying to capture that vibe in some ways. Definitely. Yeah. I did get that. Do you think you would have liked it better had it been a straight remake? I wish that they would have gone for a straight remake that was really campy. I wish that they had been very on the nose about like how silly of a concept it is. Like I think that... When you're watching like Bride of Chucky, they've got like a Voodoo for Dummies book. And then in one of the movies, John Waters is in it. Like it's so self-aware and goofy. And so I think that in the right hands, it could have just been like really fun and gory. But this just felt just kind of like a, okay, this is a horror movie about what happens when an animatronic doll <laughs> has some some amount of sentience. I mean, it does get some good gore, but um, before we get too deep into it, do you want to give us a quick rundown? After a former disgruntled Vietnamese factory worker reprograms a buddy doll to turn off its violence filters, um, our new Andy Barkley um, receives this buddy doll, not a good guy doll, as a present from his mom, Karen, played by Aubrey Plaza. And as Andy and Buddy bond, um, he realizes that Buddy is a little more impressionable and a little more violent than he expects. And so he has to gang up with some of the neighborhood kids to try and take down this uh, AI doll over the course of this movie. This movie was actually made by Orion. Uh, and, and all the rest of the Chucky movies, aside from Child's Play, 
were were made by Universal Studios. So originally MGM made the first movie and then Universal bought the rights. The the director of this movie, Lars Klevberg, had not done a lot before getting to helm this child's play remake. He'd made a couple of movies um, previously, Polaroid, but he's definitely not a big name. They got a budget of $10 million, and this actually grossed a ton of money, $45 million at the box office. Which That's is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and for a horror movie, not rated too badly either. Um, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, still not as good as uh, Child's Play 1. Um, or weirdly, um, Cult of Chucky, but... Cult or Curse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just struck me as so weird when they said they were coming up with a new Child's Play series. I was thinking, oh, fun, they're redoing the whole thing. But it turns out, you know, basically what's happening is we have two tracks of Chucky happening at the same time. Because Universal Studios owns you know the current franchise but mgm which owns orion still owns the original rights to the movie so they can do whatever they want with it and universal can do whatever they want with their ip right Mm -hmm. and it just felt so bizarre to me that we have this new movie with new actors and a new doll and, and direction simultaneously the original series is still going because they're going to launch a TV show with Brad Dourif. It's very convoluted and it really makes this remake feel even more like a cash grab to me, considering that Brad Dourif's not in it. Heck yeah. It was so disappointing. I texted Megan as I was watching this movie, I was like, wait, is Brad Dorif not going to be in this? And I was upset. I was like actually upset he wasn't going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. And I mean, I knew that going in because I looked it up, of course, um, before I saw it. But I, yeah, and I was like, yeah, Kate, but they've given a hint towards uh, who's playing Buddy now or, you know, not Buddy, but Chucky, um, the Buddy doll. You know, and because he had the kid, Andy had mentioned something about Han Solo, right? Mm-hmm. He says something about Han Solo and Kate's like, oh, it's Harrison Ford. <laughs> I was like, in what world does this doll sound like Harrison Ford? <laughs> that was a joke. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to tell over text. <laughs> it is voiced, of course, by Mark Hamill, who... I will give credit to. He's, he's great. A, he's an excellent voice actor. He's so good. I think that like having gone through like many weeks now of watching these movies though, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's not the same because Brad Dorif just, he plays an asshole so well. He's good. And this doll isn't actually an asshole. It's yeah. like you said, it's soulless. It's just a robot that apparently was given the capability to be violent. Why? So that they could turn it off? Like, is this... A planned military item later or something like what were they thinking <laughs> yeah the the whole thing around the doll being this smart doll combination of amazon nest google type services within a doll i was just like okay what kid actually wants a smart doll what you know what child would be interested in a doll that reminds you to do your homework it just didn't really jive 
especially today, kids don't want soft dolls that boss you around, right? They want to boss around a doll. There's, I, you know, this is loosely based off of that Robo Sapien X and you could like teach it to do cool tricks and flips and gestures and pick things up, but they don't want it telling them things. You know, it doesn't work the other way around. Oh, I did like the update that they had different versions of the Buddy doll, though. That was one Finally. Co- complaint that we had that we were like, wow, how are they making so much money selling the exact same model of the good guy doll over and over? In this one, they knew that they were going to need to have versions and different ethnicities and hair colors and all of that. Yeah, they have a bear buddy. They have a white guy buddy, a black buddy. But they don't have any girl buddies. No girl so- buddies. That's going to have to be the Bride of Chucky remake, I guess. I don't even want to see it. If it's if it's Jennifer <laughs> Tillier bust for me at this point. For reals. Yeah. And that buddy bear was hideous. I hated it. The buddy bear was like grossly thrilling for me. I was like, oh, I love that they made a bear version of this. And it just looks like they glued like fur onto the buddy model. <laughs> it looks like it wants to be Chewbacca. Like not to keep riffing off that Star Wars mentioning, but. That's what it looked like to me. And I'm like, Chewbacca is not cute. No. Chewbacca is funny. Like, and he's nice. But he's not a cute toy, actually. His face is really frightening when you look up close. (laughs) Yes. And this doll isn't, like, sassy like Charles Lee Ray is. I mean, Charles Lee Ray takes so much. I mean, he takes a little pleasure in, like, making his little jokes and, like, swearing at kids and people. and, And this doll is just, like very passive aggressive he's like i'm gonna record everything you say and then i'm gonna use it against you out of context it's true can we talk about how ugly this doll is i mean the bear doll is ugly but this doll this is hideous actually very ugly so ugly and the doll was ugly before but they really just took it up a notch this thing is not cute I don't know who would want this in their home. It's hard to buy that this is like a smart doll that looks so horrifically ugly. Like you'd think that they would have put like more time and research into making a doll that's like friendly and that you want to look at in your house. Cute. Yeah. yeah. It's really not cute. It, his his hair is like kind of slick back over his head. Like the way it falls, it, may, it reminds me of just like like Christian Slater's hair. Like, just an adult man's, like, long hair, right? Like, he belongs in a business office or something. Also, his eyes. Yes. Something about his eyes. Yeah, they they like to indicate that this doll is evil because its eyes glow red when it's doing something it's not programmed to do. And it's like, that's a convenient feature. (laughs) (laughs) But they're also just, they're dead looking. I don't know, the way they're set in his face just look empty and I don't know just ugly they just take a lot of care to bring out really unattractive features in this doll's face do you think that they used any practical effects with the doll I really I was gonna ask you too I couldn't tell either it doesn't look like a real doll to me almost ever I would agree I feel like maybe there were props that they used but it felt like a majority of the doll was CGI which I think also makes it tough it makes sense I mean the the doll is doing robotic things it's it's an AI device so why not go 
all tech and yeah, make it digital. I think that that uncanniness is helped by the fact that everyone knows it's a smart doll that's supposed to have some degree of like almost sentience. I was like, oh, that's interesting because people aren't going to be shocked by this doll walking around. Or they're they're not going to be shocked by the doll asking for things. And I feel like that takes away a lot of the tension from the original movies. Yeah, there's very little tension um, until Andy starts being bothered by things, right? Like his stepdad or his cat. And the doll is like, it goes into like Terminator mode and needs to protect Andy. And that's when the tension starts to ramp up a little bit. Um, But it takes a good... 45 minutes of the movie for that to really start happening. It's kind of slow uh, in the beginning. What did you think of the new Andy and Karen? Well, Andy wasn't very cute. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, he's like a preteen boy. <laughs> he was boy. fine. <laughs> he was cute the way the Stranger Things kids are cute. You know, like they're fun to watch. They're they're a fun age. They're goofy. They curse. They do uh, naughty things. But overall, they're good kids, right? Um He's not cute the way baby Andy was cute. Yeah, exactly. He's aged up here. And so you don't have that same like fear for Andy's innocence. Like in the original, you just think like, oh, this poor little baby like is not going to know how to protect himself against this evil creature. Whereas preteen Andy, I just kept thinking like, all right, dude, like, you can tell that there's something wrong. You should probably tell someone. Like, I think that you're old enough to, like, identify that something bad is going to happen and, like, go talk to someone about this. Yeah, that was what was so compelling about the original Chucky is that this poor child is the one dealing with it and, and nobody's going to believe him. Um, and, and he doesn't have any control over his own life. I mean, aside from getting on a train with him to to go see Eddie, I guess, and blow up his house. But, you know, his fate is largely out of his own hands, whereas this kid chooses to keep Buddy around, or I keep calling it Buddy because it's a Buddy doll, but he chooses to keep Chucky around, even though Chucky is obviously bad news. Chucky is hurting things. Chucky strangles the cat at one point. I mean, I... That's it. Like, I wouldn't be sad about a doll throwing a doll away at that age. Yeah, it just makes it a different flavor of conflict by by having him be almost a teenager. Uh, And then he's got this super young mom who's played by uh, Aubrey Plaza, who, you know, she kind of plays an Aubrey Plaza character. (laughs) I don't see her as a mom. I mean, I know she's supposed to be a young mom, but their relationship to me doesn't feel loving or particularly close like we had in in the original. I, I almost wish she was just his big sister, like who was taking care of him. I think that that would have gone a long way because, yeah, you're totally right. I hadn't thought about it while watching it, but she doesn't seem to be very protective or even like know a lot about her kid (laughs) at one point she's like hey go outside and make friends with those kids in the gutter (laughs) you need some friends andy it's like she's like nighttime and it's it's raining dark out yeah Um, and then, you know, but they do, I do like how they bring back a lot of the tropes from the original and, and they do this with her, right? I mean, her name is the same. She's Karen 
and um and she works retail and she brings home a broke ass janky doll because it it was free for her right yeah and and that's the doll she gives Andy and of course things start to go wrong so um I do like that they that they have certain elements that tie into the original like the structure is sort of there it's just that the setting is is different right I mean one can even argue that it was a homeless man that set this whole thing in motion with that disgruntled worker (laughs) I don't know if you remember when his boss threatens to send him back out on the streets where he found him and I was like oh they even worked in the homeless man (laughs) somehow (laughs) somehow but then they missed Aunt Maggie there's no Aunt Maggie they did yeah I, no, I did yeah. like that they kept the names of the yeah, characters. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, we had our updated detective, Mike Norris, who not only is he, you know, working the case around these mysterious deaths happening, um, but also he's the son of one uh, of Andy and Karen's neighbors. So he's just kind of generally around um, this family. And he also lives with his young mother. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Rel- yeah. Relatively young mother. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sort of a funny parallel there. I'm not sure why it didn't really do anything, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I felt like they were maybe going to hint at a romance between Karen and Mike again. Yes. And then it didn't really go anywhere. It should have, though. I mean, at least like take some of those original plot points and kind of carry them through i i mean especially because shane karen's boyfriend is such a dick he's the worst (laughs) shane is such an asshole to andy um you know even without this doll right but the doll picks up on andy hating this guy and that obviously doesn't go well for shane um and then, you know, you see a lot of this stuff where the mom is taking Shane's side in arguments. And there, I guess you could say that carries over from the original, right? Like just bad parenting. <laughs> yeah, the parenting was not particularly stellar in the early ones. So yeah, I guess she, she's a little absent. <laughs> that that seems like a necessary ingredient to this mix. You got to have a little bit of bad parenting in there. <laughs> For this to happen you have to be a little negligent to not notice that you've got a murderous doll in your house yeah <laughs> one of the things that i really liked in this movie was how many references there were to 80s or movies or other horror movies yeah we've already mentioned the star wars reference which was aided by mark hamill's presence in the movie too and there was also um, just a just a handful of like what felt to me like little Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a shot through the retail store where Karen works that shows all of the accessories for the buddy dolls. And one of them has a little leprechaun doll outfit. So I was like, oh, I'm very hopeful that that's a nod to leprechaun. I, I mean... Who has a leprechaun outfit for anything, right? <laughs> Nobody dresses up for St. Patrick's Day. So no. I, I I, tend to agree with you. I think it, they were calling out leprechaun. I really liked the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference um, when they peel Shane's face off and 
he sticks it on a what is it is it a pineapple or watermelon yeah it's on like (laughs) some kind of large melon and it's so gross I did really like this I felt like Shane's death which we'll we'll get into was just so gross and awful and the delivery of his face as a present to Andy was just so gross and great and they're also watching um, the Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the kids are, and so yeah, yeah. And you've got you know Buddy in the background. I keep calling him Buddy too. He just doesn't. See? <laughs> he doesn't feel like a Chucky. He doesn't feel like Chucky. No, and I mean they use the word Buddy a lot in this movie. Yeah, so Chucky is watching in the background as these kids are watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'm sure is where he got the inspiration for this face cutting scene. They, they did like to do that a lot. Like Buddy looks at something and then replicates it. And I thought that was a really funny thing for him to end up replicating. Buddy, I'm just going to call him Buddy. Um, Buddy's little finger glows as well. Yes. And I had to guess that that was what a reference mean? to E.T. I was yeah. like, if they're doing like some 80s throwbacks in here, like it looks just like the E.T. glowing finger. What does a glowing finger on an AI doll indicate like what is happening when he's doing it and he's obviously making something happen I didn't feel like it was very clear it didn't really make a lot of sense like (laughs) why would this toy even have a light up finger right it made no sense to me again it's kind of like the red eyes it's just like you you built this in so that it could be menacing but then you were supposed to like turn it off so maybe it's supposed to be menacing I have no idea (laughs) we also get some good poltergeist static I mean, that's pretty classic. Anytime I see static in a movie, I assume, I think Poltergeist. Yeah. that So iconic. Yeah, that movie kind of owns that now. The other thing I noticed was when the disgruntled factory worker is reprogramming the Chucky doll, there is, of course, like a rainstorm outside and lightning does crack over the building, which I was like, maybe that's a nice little reference to Child's Play 1 when... Lightning lightning strikes the toy store when Charles Lee Ray transfers his soul over. Yeah, I mean, movies tend to rain and lightning when anything bad happens, but I, I'm going to live in the reality where they did it on purpose for Chucky, because I think you're right. Totally not necessary because there's no voodoo magic, but why not? Let's have a dark and stormy night. So we've already talked about some of the things that are the same from the original Child's Play, but there were many, many, many differences as well. Right. And we did talk about the voodoo being missing already, but what I think is particularly wrong with not having some sort of like mysticalness about the doll is there's no reason for him to be a threat. You know, he doesn't have the strength of a man in the body of a doll, right? right? Like, all you have to do is pin this doll down, cut its head off, whatever, right? Like, take out the batteries, like, and you're done. Like, there's no reason for this doll to be a threat at all. Right. And then I think that the movie knows that. And so at the ending of this movie, instead of keeping just the Chucky doll as the only villain this whole time, it kind of jumps the gun into a cult style ending um, where in, of course, Cult of Chucky, um, Charles Lee Ray splits his soul 
Horcrux style into multiple dolls um, in the retail store at the end of this remake, um, Chucky is able to kind of turn on the other buddy dolls in the store and kind of transfer his AI-ness into them. So there are other dolls as well who are violent. <laughs> I did did Mike say anything about this about how networks work? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> it yeah, I mean this doll is also only scary because they share it shares a network with apparently every appliance in America <laughs> including lawn mowers. Right. Yeah, I mean that's the that is a big difference from the original too is that there's this multinational conglomerate Caslin that makes everything. It makes Andy's hearing aid, it makes the buddy dolls, it makes yeah, yeah. your lawn mowers, your fridges, everything. <laughs> I totally forgot about his freaking hearing aid. Man, I mean, yeah, it's not like the good guys where all they make is the one fucking doll. <laughs> they they're, they uh, branch out a little bit more. Right. I feel like the original was really just trying to take this scary concept of a very murderous doll, whereas this one, it's almost hyping up the scariness of a smart home. Like, oh, yeah. look at what happens when you have a rogue AI in today's climate where your fridge can talk to your laptop can talk to your phone and your doll that'll come after you and murder you <laughs> right <laughs> i feel like the first movie or the f first franchise i guess we could call it is really more focused on how much it sucks to be a kid <laughs> dealing with a murderous doll and nobody believes you or like chucky yes. can kind of be a metaphor for problems plaguing children that adults ignore yeah right? i don't know it could Loss be something like that who knows yeah that yeah. kind of stuff but yeah here it's way it's just it's all about the tech and, and how scary tech can be which is i think interesting for a modern world i know you you don't like that they don't keep brad and i don't care for that as much either but i do like the update ties into today's world pretty well it definitely tries to ground it or make it somewhat more realistic um, to think that, oh, if you just flip the wrong switch, you could have something murderous around you. It just works. For as much as I am complaining about this movie, I think that the addition of the other two teens, Phelan and Pug, um, brought a, a good sense of humor and levity to the movie that I think that we we're missing because we didn't have sassy brad dorif playing chucky yeah i enjoyed the kids a lot actually they were probably my favorite part which is the fun thing about having teens and preteens in a movie right like they're they're smart alecky and, and funny and kind of cute in some ways and kind of bratty in others and and that adds a lot of color to a movie so i enjoyed his little friends and and honestly andy grew on me over the course of the movie because you do see him engaging more with the doll and with his friends and um he becomes more fleshed out as a character i totally agree i think that andy becomes more endearing as the movie goes i think that the scariest part in this movie was not any of the death scenes but the scene where his mom is like oh let me go with you while we deliver the present to our next door neighbor not realizing oh. that the present is the 
ex-boyfriend's peeled off face that he's trying to just get rid of I was like this is the scariest thing I've ever seen (laughs) it's so horrifying I'm trying to imagine what it would have been like for her to actually open it (laughs) what the heck would you do with that I know I know I'm so used to movies um and shows getting really creative with how they solve issues like that right like oh let's just create a diversion so that we can get out of this scenario and it just like brings on all this additional complexity and it's usually like a trope in like a comedy right I know Bob's Burgers uses stuff like that all the time they don't do that here they just let Andy transfer the head to the neighbor and it sits there and you're kind of like How's he going to get out of this? I know. That's the most amount of tension in this whole movie is when you're like, (laughs) is Andy going to go to child jail for (laughs) having the possession of uh, a face? I thought the worst part to watch was the cat getting strangled. That made me really uncomfortable. It made me really uncomfortable when – the Chucky doll then plays the cat yes. screaming back to Andy while he's trying to sleep. I was like, this doll is fucked up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's got some mental problems. <laughs> should we should we go through our kill count since we're we're talking about Rooney the cat? Oh, poor Rooney. Yeah, let's let's have a prayer for Rooney the cat. He was so cute. <laughs> he is so cute in our first victim. And I Yeah. And I felt like, oh yeah, this is how serial killers do start and then escalate they they tend to start with something small uh and fairly helpless like an animal uh and then escalate from there and And that's how the doll did it yeah yeah, andy witnesses uh chucky um hurting the cat and you know yells at him you know he's like no you can't hurt hurt rooney but it doesn't it doesn't stop stop him he does come back for rooney later what does he do? Just stab Rooney. We see some blood. And uh, and then, like you said, he plays back the tussle that he had with the cat while killing it. And I, immediately, when you see this robot thing messing with your cat, like, that's it. That's all it takes, right? Right. And, and yeah, and Andy does, I mean, after he... He is a kid. After he discovers that Rooney's been stabbed and it's very obvious that this was um chucky doing this he throw he just throws the doll away and i was glad i was glad for that i was like okay you're like i'm just not gonna say anything and then his mom you know karen she's like where's rooney and andy just blames his stepdad for leaving the door open it's so sad which is which is fair because his stepdad sucks yeah and he gets it next which is great. He does. So Shane is a bad boyfriend, an even worse stepdad. Um, and then turns out he's but most of all. Yeah, it turns out most of all, he's a bad husband and father. <laughs> <laughs> he has a family of his own and has been leading a double life with Andy's mom, which explains a lot. It explains why he's so fucking miserable and why he treats Andy like shit the whole movie. Um, and, and he goes home. So this must be around Christmas time when this takes place. And he's, he's putting up Christmas lights. Uh, and of course is followed by Chucky who has plans for him. 
I will say that the shot of him falling off of the roof and landing on his leg oh. and it breaking through his skin. Yes. Oh, oh man. So, that so horrible. Gross. I was like, I, I totally forgot that happens. And I, and I saw it and I was like, ah, like, <laughs> I had to jump back because I hate watching stuff like that. You wouldn't think so, but uh, it, it, yeah, it makes me like my skin crawl. Yeah. The, yeah, it was good. I felt like the, the whole setting around Shane's death was so like deliciously drawn out it's like they knew that the audience is like not on team Shane and so they could make (laughs) they could make his death a little bit more gruesome than some of the other ones right because first it was the leg break and then he is crawling for his life away from the Chucky doll yeah Uh, and the lawnmower right because by that point Chucky has infiltrated the lawnmower AI yep because it's a Caslin tool is a thing I guess and gets the lawnmower to basically pull Shane in via Christmas lights around his neck. Yeah, right? yeah. And it like so he's pulls him. He's face like first. fighting Chucky. Yeah. Chucky's got him. Got him with a knife. And then he's also fighting the lawnmower, and he has to like make a choice. Yeah, and he makes maybe the wrong choice. He kind of chooses the lawnmower, and I was like, that is not what I have would have done. No, I probably would have focused on Chucky and rolled out of the way like as quickly as I could. I don't know, like because Chucky will stab me, but I can disarm a doll. It's a fucking doll, yeah. right? But um, that's how his face gets removed and uh, comes back later to haunt Andy. It's pretty great. The one thing that is nice about all of these stupid AI toys and tools and appliances is uh it's it's a really fun way for Chucky to get the upper hand that he couldn't really do in the last series right it now that Chucky can control things he doesn't he doesn't actually need that superhuman strength anymore true it gives him more leverage because anything could be used to his advantage to take someone down who is next? We have that creepy custodian. So their apartment Weird guy, yeah. Their apartment building, like at the beginning, I I just kept feeling like that they kept introducing more characters so that we would have more people to watch die later in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Because they didn't want to kill any of the good characters, it seemed like. Like very few of our um heroes on screen get it. I think only only one really, actually. Yeah, really only yeah, one. Maybe and Rooney counts as the other, but <laughs> And this guy kind of continuing with the the theme with Shane where Shane was not a good guy. So we felt very okay with him dying in a really harsh way. They made sure to inform the audience that this custodian is not just creepy because he's uh, gross looking, but he is creepy because he's a <laughs> voyeur and has been setting up secret cameras all over this building. Yes. And he straps down Chucky to a table because he's going to. He's going to tinker with him and, and sell him on the black market. Again, like people think they can get rich off of these stupid toys. I, I, off of a Gen I, 1 model? Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> They're coming out with the second one. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he's got all his cameras set up so that he can whack off while he's while he's in his workshop. It's really grotesque. I don't know how necessary that was. I mean, Chucky can just kill people and it's fine, but... That's sort of the problem with this doll, right? It has to be somebody doing something wrong 
or perceived to be wrong against Andy for him to take action. Right. So they kind of have to be baddies. And this one felt like a saw trap. Yes, he, it was so died. cool. <laughs> it was another choice he had to make. It was like Chucky wanted horrific. to play a game. Yeah. He's like strung up over this table saw that's running. And he's holding on to a hot pipe, like a right. pipe of hot water. And so he can't he can't hold on there forever. He's gonna burn through his oh god, those those would be awful burns on your hands. Like you would be out of commission for I don't know, a long time. Or he can fall on the table saw. And I just kept thinking, like, you know, if this guy had better balance, he probably would have been fine. <laughs> he probably could have jumped out of the way. I know, but he didn't. He he dropped straight down and took the table saw to the groin. And I was like, yep. Horrible. And it, it was... really split him in half. It did. Like, it did not shy away Very from the medieval. gore. Yeah, they, like, really went all in on the gore on some of these deaths. Yeah, it was fun because <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good death. It was it was it, it did take me back to Saw, and I was happy to see it. Yeah, I think that that may have been my favorite death. Was, oh, really? I think so. I think that that one was so surprising how the Saw like kind of went up his middle. Um, and yeah. I think that whenever I'm like surprised by a death scene, I'm like, oh, that's memorable. I can see that. I think Shane might have been my favorite because he was he had been built up so much the the whole <laughs> episode to be a jerk. So I was just so happy when he got it. Got his comeuppance. Um, but then we do see somebody who doesn't deserve to die. Get it next, which is such a bummer. <laughs> his neighbor, Doreen, Detective Norris's mom. Yeah. This whole setting is so funny because it's like, oh, we're also kind of pulling Tesla into this amalgamation company, Caslin, because she is in a self-driving car and Chucky really only targets Doreen because he's like, I'm Andy's best friend. No one right. else gets to spend time with him. And I was like, that's not a good enough reason, Chucky. No. <laughs> no. It's, apparently these dolls get jealous, too. That's kind of a bad thing to build into your AI. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And so he um, spins her around a parking lot, kills her in a car crash. Right. It's just sad. It is sad. And then poor Mike Norris has to come and find her later. You know, Can't nobody was like, hey, else? it's your mom. Right. Exactly. Like he uncovered her. So somebody did cover her with a sheet, but apparently she hadn't been ID'd yet. But you'd think they would know that that's his mom. Of course they should know it's his mom. Right. So it, like, hey, man, we're going to take this one. I, it's crazy to me that they, I mean, it's for dramatic effect. So of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> there's a lot of chaos at the end of the movie when the uh our og like chucky doll um starts taking over the other chucky dolls um at the retail store and yeah mayhem at zep i think a lot of people must die but the yeah but there's one like explicit death in this scene that we know for sure and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's the, pretty sad, but also funny. It's the yeah they have this um 
buddy mascot, you know, like those guys in those big mascot costumes. And Chucky gets to him as he's coming out to do his performance or whatever to all these kids. And they just have this like excellent like blood spray money shot moment. Right. This poor employee who's definitely not paid enough has to dress up as a fucking buddy doll. And it's not even a normal, like, you know, when you go to the mall and the Easter bunny is there and it's, it's got a big head, but it looks proportionate to the body, right? This thing has a giant head that should not be on a body this size. It's huge. And this poor dude has to walk around in it. And I was just like, man, I've had to wear one of those costumes before and I feel for you and you did not deserve to go out like this. (laughs) Fun fact, I worked as the Easter Bunny once uh, in the mall. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend's parents at the time um, were, they were like Jostin's photographers and um, they they also did the the photos at the mall. And so one summer we both helped them out and we both took turns being the Easter Bunny. So so there's that. I want to be a mascot. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. (laughs) It's not comfortable. But I mean, my scenario was nice. You know, kids came to see you. They wanted to sit on your lap and take a cute picture. This guy's got a bunch of screaming kids running around and like dancing around him in his big head while he's being attacked. (laughs) He also does not deserve to die. (laughs) No. Poor guy. And I forget why Chucky goes for him here. I think he's just bonkers at this point. Yeah, it seems like he's really fallen off a cliff. And then with the like <laughs> taking over all of the. Yeah, taking over all the other buddy dolls and them just like r- raging against all of these people in the store. It's. There must be like a dozen people who die, but you don't actually yeah. see. You know, you don't actually like know how many people die, but it's like wild in this store. Yeah, it it looked like a fun scene to shoot. I would have loved to be there. <laughs> I love the like, you know, guys running up the aisle and then getting like dragged away <laughs> by a doll. It's pretty fun. Now all we have left is Chucky's death. Because of course Chucky dies. He always dies. I mean, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not, but <laughs> he does die. When they kill Chucky, they start by stabbing him, which is a classic. Uh, it's not enough because it's never enough. But that is how they start. Uh, Norris joins in to the bloodbath with his gun. He he shoots Chucky. Uh, ev- is that enough? Everyone gets their punches in. Uh, Karen beheads him. <laughs> and then we're not even done there. Because the kids take back the fucking streets. <laughs> and they burn him outside <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> It's like a gang, it's like a gang initiation. It looks awful, <laughs> but it's really great because they're really actually pretty nice kids. They're very thorough with trying to make sure that this doll is dead. Um, but of course, we get that little like bee sting at the end where, you know, there's a whole bunch of dolls and one of them has their little red, exactly. red flickering eyes, of course. Maybe this will be the way we get the cult of Chucky we deserve. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah they kind of hinted at it already. Very curious to see if they'll make any sequels to this one. It only came out in 2019, so they have plenty of time if they do want to make one. Yeah, Mark Hamill will be around for a while. I wonder if he would stick with it. 
I know uh, Don Mancini was not okay with this movie being made um, since, you know, he's still working on the franchise. But uh, what did you think, Kate? What did you think of this movie? So I think that if you're just watching it uh, without having any expectations based on the previous movies in the original series, um, maybe you haven't watched any of them at all and you just want to give it a spin. Um, I think it's rewatchable. Um, I do think that it's pretty fun, entertaining. Um, I think that if you're a diehard original Child's Play fan and you're looking for that same feeling, um, you might want to skip this one um, because it's it's not really the same tone. What do you think? I'm a, I'm going to definitely say it's rewatchable. And I'm going to agree with you that in one sense, I, I think that this movie is just better by itself. Like, don't think about the original Chucky series when you're watching this. But I, unlike you, did not watch all of the Chucky movies at the same time for the first time. <laughs> so I have had time to come to terms with the reality of whether this series is good or bad. And I know it's a mixed bag and I have my <laughs> favorites. So I appreciated this entry into the universe, right? It's not, it's not the same canon, but it's, it's the same, it's the same idea, right? A, a doll coming to life and causing mayhem. Um, and I, I think it's a cool way to bring that idea into the modern age. So I appreciated that part of it um but but i definitely don't like it better than the original back to our original conversation <laughs> this this is not better than the original i'd say but i would rewatch it hard agree should we take a quick break and come back for a little catchphrases heck yeah let's do it Catchphrases, aka Mad Libs, with Kate. Um, this is the part of the show where I take a few catchy one-liners or taglines about the movie we just watched and turn them into Mad Libs. Uh, Kate has already given me her Mad Lib words, so I'm going to read back these catchphrases as as they've been updated. And Kate is going to try to guess the original line. So, are we ready? So ready. All right, here we go. If they don't let us vomit, they all go electrocuting. Oh, I have no idea. If they don't let us vomit, they all go electrocuting. If they don't let us win, they all go crying. I have no idea. Where do you think that happened in the movie, Kate? <laughs> I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Here's the actual one. If they don't let us play, they all go away. If Is that in the movie? That's the actual. Yeah, it's said many times. <laughs> this is a line. That, <laughs> I love that you don't even remember it. 
you know, this this movie did not have as many memorable lines because Chucky's not as memorable. He's just not. This is so, true. Yeah, this is one of his lines after he decides he needs to be like Andy's bodyguard and he kind of just says it as a reason to kill people <laughs> that, that bother Andy. So, uh, yeah, you'll have to rewatch it, Kate, so that you can see this line. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, next. Are we having DVD players now? Are we having fun now? Yes, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Actually, that one was like also used a lot in this movie. Yeah, but before he turns evil, I think. I think he uses it again at the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of like, are we playing? Like, I'm learning what playing means, you know, yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> All right, last one. This is for David Duchovny. This is for Tupac. Yes. It's funny because it's not even really current. I know. I thought that that was so funny. I was like, it's not a throwback reference for like the parents watching this, but it's also not really for the teens these days either. I couldn't tell like who it was for. I got it though. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we're out of movies to predict in this franchise. This is our last episode before the finale. And so... We're going to have to take our predictions in a slightly different direction. Yes, we are going to do predictions, both of us this time, for the Child's Play TV series that's coming out. Meg, uh, since this is your first opportunity to do a prediction, would you like to go first? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I do know that Brad Dorif is is sticking with the series as well as Don Mancini and Fiona Dorif. So I think also Tiffany, uh, Tiffany will be involved too, Jennifer Tilly. And then the other information that I already know going into this is that Devin Sawa is involved, which is kind of fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> I haven't seen Devin yeah. Sawa in a minute. <laughs> I forgot about that guy, man. Uh, Casper. Casper is what I think of when I think of Devon Sawa. It oh, should be Final Destination. I was going to say, I think of Final yeah. Destination. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're going to see the doll. They have to include the doll. Otherwise, people are going to riot. So I think that either they're going to find a way to soul transfer again into multiple Chuckies. Um, or they maybe they'll kill off Fiona early and she'll have to be, you know, transferred into a doll so that Chucky can have ongoing murderous adventures and every episode will, I don't know, maybe, maybe it will be an army of Chucky dolls and uh, each episode will be a different Chucky doll creating terror to a, to a different person somehow related to Devin Sawa. I don't know. I'm not a writer, as it turns <laughs> out. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Fiona's going to go and Chucky's going to come back as a doll. I think that's a very solid prediction. And mine <laughs> is not too dissimilar. I think that they're going to dispatch a Fiona um, probably by the end of episode one or early episode two and get Chucky's spirit back into doll form. And then really because this has been my dream all along is I want to see Tiffany and Chucky on a cross country road trip, um, Ooh. just murdering. And, uh, I'm going to guess because I knew Devin Sawa was in it, but I don't know what role he's playing. So I'm going to guess that he is the 
detective or person who's like on their trail who's like I like who's like you know where it's kind of this cat and mouse of like him trying to chase down these murderers okay I like that because then you could work in any location right yeah anywhere yeah it could be anywhere and I think that um with the end of cult where Tiffany and uh Nika uh, you know Chucky in Nika's body um they're like, all right, let's get in the car until, you know, it kind of seemed like I could see the car thing taking them, taking them places. So we shall see. Yeah. I can't wait for that show to come out. I'm excited. I hope you guys are all excited. I hope you guys have enjoyed going through Chucky movies as much as I have with Kate. Kate, how did you feel about this experience? I thought it was fun. I had so much more fun than I ever dreamed I would have (laughs) going through this series Uh, I really enjoyed it and I hope that we got maybe a couple new uh, Chucky fans as well along the way all right well we can't wait to see you guys for the finale we will have crafts we will have games and we will of course rank the series naturally so don't miss it it's coming out a week from today This was not quite dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at not quite dead podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at not quite dead Thanks for listening and happy watching. <laughs> <laughs>